Part Twelve of Adaptation by Mac Reynolds. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Part Twelve. It was fifty years to a day since the pedagogue had first gone into orbit about Rigel. Five decades had passed, half a century. Of the original crew of the pedagogue, six now gathered in the lounge of the spaceship. All of them had changed physically. Some of them softer to the point of flabbiness, some harder both of body and soul. Barry Watson, Nat Roberts, Dick Hawkins of the Texcocan team, Martin Gunther, Peter MacDonald, Frederick Buckwald of the Genoese. The gathering wasn't so large as the one before. Only Toller and the scientist Wiss attended from Texcoco, only Baron Leonor and the son of Honorable Russ from Genoa. From the beginning they stared with hostility across the conference table. Even the pretense of amiability was gone. Watson rapped, finally. I am not going to dwell upon the measures you have been taking that can only be construed as military ones aimed eventually at the Texcocan state. Morton Gunther laughed nastily. <laughs> Is your implication that your own people have not taken the same measures, in fact inaugurated them? Watson said, As I say, I have no intention of even discussing this. Surely we can arrive at no agreement. There is one point, however, that we should consider on this occasion. The corpulent Peter MacDonald wheezed. Well, out with it. Nat Roberts said, I mentioned the matter to you at the last meeting. Ah, yes, Gunther nodded, just as you left. We have considered it. The Texcockans waited for him to go on. If I understand you, Gunther said, you think we should reconsider returning to Terra City at this time. It should be discussed, Watson nodded. Whatever the, ah, uh, temporary difficulties between us, the original project of the pedagogue is still our duty. The three of the Genoese team nodded their agreement. And the problem becomes, have we accomplished completely what we set out to do? And further, is it necessary, or at least preferable, for us to stay on and continue administration of the progress of the Rigel planets? They thought about it. Buckwald said hesitantly, It has been my own belief that Genoa is not quite ready for us to let loose the uh, reins. If we left now, I am not sure. Robert said, Same applies to Texcoco. The state has made fabulous strides, but I am not sure what would happen if we leaders were to leave. There might be complete collapse. Watson said, We seem to be in basic agreement. Is a suggestion in order that we extend for another twenty-five years at least this expedition's work? Dick Hawkins said, The Office of Galactic Colonization, MacDonald said smoothly, will undoubtedly send out a ship to investigate. We shall simply inform them that things are not as yet propitious to our leaving, that another twenty-five years is in order. Since we are on the scene, undoubtedly our recommendation will be heeded. Watson looked from one earthman to the next. We are in agreement? Each in turn nodded. Peter MacDonald said, 
And do you all realize that here we have a unique situation that might be exploited for the benefit of the whole race? They looked to him questioningly. The dynamic we find in Genoa, and Texcoco too for that matter, though we disagree on so many fundamentals, is beyond that in the solar system. These are new planets, new ambitions are alive. We have at our fingertips man's highest developments evolved on earth. But with this new dynamic, this freshness, might we not in time push even beyond old earth? You mean, Nat Roberts said. MacDonald nodded. What particular of value is gained by our uniting Genoa and Texcoco with the so-called Galactic Commonwealth? Why not press ahead on our own? With the vigor of these new races we might well leave Earth far behind. Watson mused. Carrying your suggestion to the ultimate, who is to say that one day Rigel might not become the new center of the human race, rather than Saul? A point well taken, Gunther agreed. No, Toller said softly. The six Earthmen turned hostile eyes to him. This particular matter does not concern you, Generalissimo, Watson rapped at him. Toller smiled his amusement at that and came to his feet. No, he said. I am afraid that, hard though it might be for you to give up the powers you have held so long, you earthlings are going to have to return to Terra City from whence you came. Baron Leonor said in gentle agreement, Obviously. What is this? Watson rapped. I'm not at all amused. The Honorable Russ stood also. There is no use prolonging this. I have heard you earthlings say more than once that man adapts to preserve himself. Very well. We of Genoa and Texcoco are adapting to the present situation. We are of the belief that if you are allowed to remain in power, we of the Rigel planets will be destroyed, probably in an atomic holocaust. In self-protection we have found it necessary to unite, we Genoese and Texcocans. We bear you no ill will, far to the contrary. However, it is necessary that you all return to earth. You have impressed upon us the aforementioned truism that man adapts, but in the pedagogue's library I have found another that also applies. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. There were heavy automatics in the hands of Nat Roberts and Dick Hawkins. Barry Watson leaned back in his chair, his eyes narrow. How'd you ever expect to get away with this sort of treason, Toller? Martin Gunther blurted, Are you, Russ? Wiss, the Texcocan scientist, held his wrist radio to his mouth and said, Come in now. Dick Hawkins thumbed back the hammer of his handgun. Hold it a minute, Dick, Barry Watson said. I don't like this. To Toller, he rapped, What goes on here? Talk up, you're just about a dead man. And it was then that they heard the scraping on the outer hull. The six Earthmen looked at the overhead, dumbfounded. I suggest you put up your weapons, Toller said quietly. At this late stage I would hate to see further bloodshed. In moments they heard the opening and closing of locks and footsteps along the corridor. 
The door opened, and in stepped Joe Chessman, Amshel Mayer, Mike Dean, Louis Rossetti, and an emaciated Jerry Kennedy. Their expressions ran the gamut from sheepishness to blank haughtiness. MacDonald bug-eyed. Dean! Rossetti! The temple priest burns you at the stake! They grinned at him, shame-faced. Guess not, Dean said. We were kidnapped. We've been teaching basic science in some phony monastery. Watson's face was white. Joe! he said. Yeah, Joe Chessman growled. You sold me out. But Toller and the Tex Cockins thought I was still of some use. Amshel Mayer snapped bitterly. And now, if you fools will put down your stupid guns, we'll make the final arrangements for returning this expedition to Terra City. Personally, I'll be glad to get away. Behind the five resurrected Earthmen was a sea of faces representing the foremost figures of both Texcoco and Genoa, in every field of endeavor, at least fifty of them in all. As though protectively, the eleven Earthmen ganged together at the far side of the mess-table they'd met over so often. Martin Gunther, his expression dazed, said, I... I don't... Toller resumed his spokesmanship. From the first, the most progressive elements on both Texcoco and Genoa realized the value of your expedition, and have been in fundamental sympathy with the aims the pedagogue originally had. Primitive life is not idyllic. Until man is free from nature's tyranny, and has solved the basic problems of sufficient food, clothing, shelter, medical care, and education for all, he is unable to realize himself. So we cooperated with you to the extent we found possible. His smile was grim. I am afraid that almost from the beginning, and on both planets, your very actions developed an underground, I believe you call it. Not an overt one, since we needed your assistance to build the new industrialized culture you showed us was possible. We even protected you against yourselves, since it soon became obvious that, if left alone, you'd destroy each other in your addiction to power. Baron Leonor broke in. Don't misunderstand. It wasn't until the past couple of decades that this underground, which had sprung up independently on both planets, amalgamated. Barry Watson blurted. But, Joe, Chessman— He refused to meet the eye of the man he'd condemned. Toller said, From the first you made no effort to study our customs. If you had, you'd have realized why my father allied himself to you after you'd killed Toller first and why I did not take my revenge on Chessman after he'd killed Reef. A con's first training is that no personal emotion must interfere with the needs of the people. When you turned Joe Chessman over to me, I realized his education, his abilities were too great to destroy. We sent him to a mountain university, and have used him profitably all these years. In fact, it was Chessman who finally brought us to space travel. That's right, Buckwald blurted. You've got a spaceship out there. How could you possibly— Teller said mildly. There are but a handful of you. You could hardly keep track of two whole planets and all that went on upon them. 
Amschel Mayer said bitingly. All this can be gone over on our return to Terra City. We'll have a full year to explain to ourselves and each other why we became such complete idiots. I was originally head of this expedition before my supposed friends railroaded me to prison. Does anyone object if I take over again? No, Joe Chessman growled. The others shook their heads. Toller said, There is but one other thing. In spite of how you may feel at this moment of embarrassment, basically you have succeeded in your task. That is, you have brought Texcoco and Genoa to an industrialized culture. We hold various reservations about how you accomplish this. However, when you return to your coordinator of galactic colonization, please inform him that we are anxious to receive his ambassadors. The term is ambassadors, and we will expect to meet on a basis of equality. Surely, in all Earth's millennia of social evolution, man has worked out something better than either of your teams have built here. We should like to be instructed. Dick Hawking said stiffly, We can instruct you on Earth's present socio-economic system. I am afraid we no longer trust you, Richard Hawkins. Send others, uncorrupted by power, privilege, or great wealth. When they had gone, and the sound of their departing spaceship had faded, Amschel Mayer snapped. We might as well get underway. And cheer up, confound it. We have lots of time to contrive a reasonable report for the coordinator. Jerry Kennedy managed a thin grin, almost reminiscent of the younger Kennedy of the first years on Genoa. Say, he said, I wonder if we'll be granted a good long vacation before being sent on another assignment. End of Part 12 End of Adaptation by Mac Riddles This book recorded by Phil Chenevere, May 2021, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana.